Presents a music and talk show where your host Darren Roebuck is joined by a variety of artists, scientists, entrepreneurs, and therapists as they share what's on their minds and give you new ideas and practices to help you get the most out of being you. Can you dig it? Be sure to visit deeporbitstudio.com for links, show notes, and more. Now sit back and take in the view while we blast off into Deep Orbit. Studio presents uh, coming to you live on Greenlight Radio, and I'm your host Darren Roebuck, and I'm sitting here with uh, my guest host today, uh, owner of Violet Recording, musician, producer, engineer, and creator of electronic gadgets, <laughs> Mr. Scott Higgins. Scotty, uh, welcome I to the show. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Um, I don't know about creator, but uh, certainly builder. Of electronic components. Um, always trying to stay busy. <laughs> all right. Well, it seems like you really are with uh, all the things you have going on with uh, with the studio. Now, uh, tell us yeah, a little yeah. bit about, about Violet Recording. And uh, uh, when did you start? And, and what are you up to right now? Well, Viol Violet's, uh, you know, right now is um, in its primordial stages, so to speak. Um, um, we're still developing uh, many, many things that are going on there, but we've had such a great response and such a great, uh, it's really gained momentum from uh, the amount of people that want to be involved. And I, I'm just so thankful that uh, so many people are so excited about it and are doing so many good things to help uh, the progression happen. Right on. Now, uh, as many of you probably don't know, you know, we're broadcasting here from Deep Orbit Studio, but Violet's actually the big sister studio to this one. This is where um, things get too big for here, we go down there. And that's where the full bands get to record. That's where lots of musicians come in. And that's where the super cool gear is. Uh, what have been some of the highlights recording-wise along the way for you, uh, even just in this first year? Oh, there's been a lot. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of really good players. Uh, I'm very fortunate to just be associated with some really excellent musicians who... Um, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to just be in the studio when they perform and, and when they uh, put their art down on tape. We're going to actually have uh, Brian Nevin in the studio tomorrow. Um, Brian Nevin, big head Todd drummer, um, phenomenally talented guy. And uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, hopefully the, uh, <clears throat> the session will go really well. <laughs> Hopefully it will. Yeah, that's part of the uh, the ongoing Highway 50 project that's going on there, uh, which features Al Lachlan as the uh, composer and singer. Uh, so, now, um, what was the reason? Wh why did you start the studio? What was your uh, what was your impetus there? <laughs> the hmm, good question. Um, things like this, I think, start from. Uh, a, a seed, and that's certainly what it was with Violet. It was not uh, conceived to be the project that it is today by any means. It keeps growing ever, ever so much <laughs> and expanding into new areas with um, even greater um, contacts and abilities um, to do so. We're really, uh, we're really psyched right now about um, our new program for kickstarting artists. Um, and um, just, you know, only with a special few that we're really excited about, we are putting a lot of effort into getting them financed so that we can um, associate them with other people, our other contacts in the industry, uh, to move them forward and, and get their careers going. Now, when you say you're a kickstarting artist, you mean you're using Kickstarter? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not being clear. Using uh, the Kickstarter program, we're able to finance artists and um, create a much greater product than they might be able to achieve by themselves because they don't have that kind of money. And uh, But it turns out that their audiences and their uh, their supporters are, are more than they usually anticipate. So are you talking about making like a recording for these uh, artists or are you doing something more? Um, well, we've been um, 
handling not only audio but video as well um, in several levels, several tiers. Um, but uh, the uh, the idea, hopefully, is to give artists a web presence um, most of all, because in the, today's day and age, that's truly what's uh, required of an artist is to have that um, that presence on the web, because you can go out and play, you know, um, what do you want to say, a hundred small little gigs and reach maybe a thousand people, but with one good uh, internet um, functionality or some uh, way that you're marketing yourself through the internet, you can hit that many people in a matter of minutes. That's awesome. So you basically create a full multimedia, you, you create a presence for these artists, way more than just recording some audio. You're actually making videos and getting them out there. Oh, absolutely. No, we're um, creating websites for them. We are creating um, audio and we're creating video. And then we're, um, like I said, for a select few, we're, we're um, pushing forward the Kickstarter programs for them um, just to get it to get it going. It really depends on what they're looking for, too. You know, some artists don't want, they just want to get a few songs down and uh, have sort of a a, uh, a remembrance of what they've done. But others are more, uh, you know, uh, active in, proactive in trying to create a presence for themselves so this nationally. Is, this is for the career-oriented artists who are really looking to be professional. Well, you know, to be absolutely clear, it's it was created. Its original vision was more of a uh, a vanity studio than um, what it's turned into. But um, we've really found pleasure in um, helping artists to exceed their expectations, and found that with our uh, particular friends and family, we are able to do that. So, uh, you know, originally it started as a a program for um, just focusing on a few bands that uh, myself and a few of the partners were in, but now uh, it's expanding. Very cool. That sounds exciting. So really just from a seed has grown, uh, dare I say, a flower. <laughs> <laughs> Good analogy, yeah. All right. Um, so... Well, it's been super exciting, and I've, um, you know, really learned so much after I've been in the business and and doing different facets of it for you know decades. But now in this experience, um, so many um, interesting things have been revealed to me by just uh, pushing limits a little bit and, and figuring out new things, pushing my own limits to uh, understand it all better and more. Really excited about some of the new changes. Very cool. So I've been taking a look here uh, at violetrecording.com, and everybody listening should do the same. Uh, Cool-looking website. you got a lot of stuff on here. you got some examples of artists, and uh, I also understand there's... Um, and we a, have transcendental intergalactic love. Well, that's really what you're paying for, the rest <laughs> of the stuff you could do at home. Now, what other studio has that? <laughs> Not any that I know of, that's for sure. Um so uh, for those of uh, the listeners that are in the Boulder, Denver area, you can uh, check out Violet Recording in uh, the latest Colorado Music Buzz. Uh, there's an article, oh, right. uh, uh, article there on Violet. And, uh, of course, there's more and more releases coming out. Um, but uh, what do you say we play an example of one of the recordings that's come out of Violet? Oh, that's a great idea. Give people a, uh, an idea. Okay, here's a little... Here's a little taste. Um, let's see. How about this one here? This is Monica Lee, as I recall, correct? Uh, yeah, Monica Lee. Um, oh. Fantastic artist. Really, really excited about working with her. Um, hoping for the best. Um, just getting her up and going, really. Um, really talented girl. Really talented girl. All right, check it out. This is a song called Bag of Bones, uh, recorded at Violet Recording. You think I'm a soulless woman? Been tossed off to the side But I'm just showing What it's like to be deprived Ain't no voodoo Can do with your hands Come on voodoo woman Let's do it all over again Throw me a bag of bones Throw me a bag of bones Ain't no voodoo woman that could help me get on my own I 
the south to get away from it all. I was running from you. You see me running, but you don't hear me shout. The woman hexed me with her booty. That was awesome. All right, so you're listening to Deep Orbit Studio Presents. I'm your host, Darren Roebuck, and my guest host today is Scott Higgins of Violet Recording. And uh, what we just listened to there was Monica Lee and her song, Bag of Bones, that was recorded at Violet Recording. Now, during that moment there when we were listening, Scotty happened to mention to me that that was one take. She was singing, playing, everything. All that was just like one pass through that tune. Oh yeah, that's uh, that was just her on a. She was um, just spit it out. I kind of ambushed her uh, with a, a pile of mics one day, and uh, she was uh, gracious enough to uh, just sit down and and do what she does, which obviously is uh, pretty enticing. Yeah, something she's really good at. That was amazing, and wow, and such a yeah. That- Swampy feel. Quality recording, too. So uh, did you do anything special when you set her up there? And feel free to get technical. As I, you know, I know a lot, of, a lot of people that listen here are really interested in, in the recording processes. Well, um, did I do anything special? Um, yes, uh, absolutely. The, uh, the whole signal chain for that, that event was pretty fantastic, um, beginning to end. Um, one of the reasons that that particular recording is so beautiful is the Telefunken 251 Elam, um, which is uh, just a top-notch microphone, probably world-class, absolutely, Um, and particularly good on female vocals, really captures the high end, the brightness very well. Um, So, you know, right off the bat, if you don't, if you want to talk recording, start with a good mic. They're in your signal chain, their number one is your mic. And if you are using a mediocre mic, well, guess what? <laughs> so start with a good mic. <laughs> and, um, you know, additionally, um, really good cableage is uh, also very important. Another thing on that session actually was um, I backed that Telefunken up with a, um, an AEA stereo ribbon mic. What's that? 
Well, uh, well, ribbon mics are the, basically the initial design for microphones, and they are the classic tone that you have heard throughout the years on many of the very, very classic um, songs. And so, as it turns out, uh, they are still extremely viable, and um, not only viable, but beautiful. They have a very great character to them, which tends to romance the signal a little bit. Um, not to mention, um, stereo miking is uh, an essential, an essential skill for any any studio engineer. So that's so you can have an individual take like that with one person playing one instrument all at once and still get uh, a stereo spread from that's natural sounding out of your speakers or headphones. Absolutely, the uh, you know the human head hears in stereo. Um, in a very similar manner to the way you set up stereo microphones. And so um, the, the transference from the speaker sound field to your, uh, your audio senses and sensibilities is very natural. It, it just tends to add the feel that you're in the room. That's cool. And isn't that what, mostly what you're going for when you record someone like that, that you just feel like they're standing there next to you? Absolutely. I think that's, um, you know, well, um, especially in a, uh, an artist like this, um, you know, a solo artist, uh, singer, playing the guitar at the same time, you want that feel that they're just standing right in front of you. I wouldn't do that the same thing for, you know, a um, five-piece rock band, but um, um, absolutely gorgeous there on that, that particular application. Yeah, that was an excellent recording, and that was just uh, eh, come on, let's just try it kind of recording. So shows you a little bit about what Violet can do. Well, I, I have to give a mad props to Monica there, who, um, you know, when you have an artist like that who really knows their their selves that well and can present uh, on a dime um, like that, you uh, it's hard to miss. I suppose the signal path really does start with the artist. Well, yeah, <laughs> well put. Yeah, okay, so number one is your mic, but point five. Point five is the artist. Very nice. So, you know, a lot of people out there don't really understand, know what a, I shouldn't say understand, but know what a, a signal path is. And, um, you know, it's the person speaks into the microphone, and then that signal goes through the microphone, through a cable, and then into a preamp, and then into a recording medium, which for the most part is a computer, correct? Uh, well, recording medium can be a, a myriad of things. Um, you know, mainly it's a DAW these days, a, a computer. Um, but of course, it can be analog tape and so forth. Um, yeah, and actually, on that that uh, this particular recording as well, uh, the preamps that uh, that we ran this through are phenomenal API clones. But if you back up a little bit, what is a preamp? A uh, preamp is uh, the method by which you add gain to your signal coming from the microphone, basically. And they all have sort of different harmonic characters, um, depending on what you use. And if you're in the vintage world, you're Neve and API and SSL and so forth, and um, you know, which survive, of course, to this day. But... Uh, Preamps add a character, or you know maybe not. In the case of um, Grace preamps, Grace preamps phenomenal product, um, and for uh, certain applications, it's just can't be beat. Incredibly transparent sound from their transformerless design. Very nice. So. Um yeah, Grace is actually a local company here. Uh, actually, just in, here in Boulder County, they're out in Lyons, um, uh, owned and operated by uh, the, the Grace Brothers, and they just celebrated their 20th anniversary, as I recall. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. They're, they're a phenomenal company, and uh, just can't say enough about their products. Stevie Wonder listens to their products. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, uh, how much more endorsement do you need? They're amazing. If you're an audiophile at all, there's uh, something you need to have on your radar. Um, so that's uh, so. But going back to the preamps, that's really cool. So the gain, which essentially is the audio equivalent of like uh, turning up the intensity on your microscope or something, is something that allows you to see a little bit, sort of increases. It's turning up the bulb brighter. It's um, definitely that type of analogy works really well. And and um, they, it's but it's not just that. By virtue of their circuitry, they lend different character to a signal. 
um, and uh, it's the same preamble lend uh, multiple characters to a signal. For example, the VP28s that I built for this, for Violet, that were used on this recording, um, are capable of, of quite a myriad of um, tonalities. That's very cool. So you said you built these preamps. Oh yeah, these are um, uh, clones of classic APIs, uh, which are you know something uh, a sound tone that you've that we're all familiar with. <laughs> Think <laughs> classic rock used on 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 just a massive amount of recordings. It's it's unbelievable um, because they are they have that fantastic punchy sound. And um, Jeff Stigler actually is the guy and his company Cappy Classic. Um, Classic audio parts of Illinois is what it is. <laughs> Ooh, pulled that one out of my... Cappy. And uh, uh, Jeff makes this fantastic, right? He's a, um, an API fanatic and has... Uh, there's a, a legendary story of him cutting his board in half just to get it into his basement because it wouldn't fit through the door and then reassembling it. But uh, he makes this phenomenal <laughs> products um, that uh, keep on the the hush hush down low there because they not only rival the uh, the new API circuitry they uh, they're they're definitely in contention for being better than the the newer they really emulate the classic circuitry very very well and um, they are not it's a pretty easy build um, for someone who's versed in what it takes to assemble electronics. Very cool. Yeah, I have to say, um, you know, I work on audiobooks over at Violet, and uh, I just recently was able to utilize this preamp um, in recording uh, the seventh part of the Wonder World series by Robert W. Williams. And uh, I have to admit, it just was the icing on the cake. It was something that made me actually enjoy listening to my own voice, which I know classically is something that most people hate listening to their voice. And I was sitting there going, wow, I sound good and I <laughs> mostly just go oh I don't want to listen to me anymore <laughs> um, and you use the 26s huh? I use the 26s yep. which are the same circuitry as the 28 except for the 28 involves uh, an extra op amp and what's that um, that's just another gain staging area whereas the 26s only include attenuators um, the 28s have an extra op amp which allows you to create a really allows you to to really pump the sound up in a way and give it that super punchy crisp in your face um, or you know possibly not you can attenuate it as well but uh, same circuit different circuitry to, to get more tone out of it very cool we'll be back here with Scott Higgins in just a second to talk a little bit more about what it takes to uh, build your own home recording equipment or recording equipment I should say although they are small enough to fit in your home. Uh, and what do you say we uh, listen to another uh, another recording from Violet? Absolutely. Maybe a Sarah Jane Farmer there. Another, I uh... think we've got a little Sarah Jane Farmer right here. She is uh, a local gal, uh, grew up in Jamestown, um, uh, which is just a little bit north of Boulder here, a place that was uh, really heavily hit by uh, the flood from last fall. And uh, the people from Jamestown really came together in a big way. And she's one of the people that um, has come out of this and is she's just lighting up. Well, I think, uh, you know, they were dramatically influenced by the floods, more so than a lot of other towns. And uh, um, actually, Sarah's mom's house was on the front of The New York Times. It's the house that was split in half. Uh, that's the image they used um, and it was, uh, for the whole town, I, I can tell it was a really traumatic event that, um, you know, there's sort of pre-flood and after-flood in Jamestown. I mean, there there is to a lot of Colorado, but um, absolutely very dramatically in, Colo in Jamestown, excuse me. And I think that really had an effect on, on her songwriting and, and her subject matter for sure. Um, but I can't say enough about her songwriting abilities and her control of um, <sighs> of well, virtually every every point. I think it'll, it'll be obvious from the from the song of uh, simile and metaphor and and so forth. Really, really talented writer. Very cool. This is Sarah Jane Farmer, a song called Autobiography, recorded at. Hmm? 
<laughs> saying push it first so that we don't have to wait around for 90 seconds of silence. <laughs> Tex trying to out-tech me here in my own show. All right, let me touch the button now. And we'll let it start and to play. Gradually. And then we'll talk until it starts to play. And here's Sarah Jane Farmer. <laughs> Sorry. Sarah Jane Farmer, and uh, recorded at Violet Recording. Uh, this is, whoops. That's more Sarah Jane Farmer. That's more Sarah Jane Farmer. <laughs> that two bars was the best two bars I have heard all day. But actually, we'll get into that next. That's actually a, one of the flood tunes we were mentioning. And uh, so we'll, we'll get another t- taste of Sarah Jane Farmer here before the end of the show. I really just love her songwriting style, though, and her abilities to, to convey um, emotion and feeling through... Uh, through her words, she's. Uh, I'm really excited about her. Yeah, she seems to have that gift that is rare amongst songwriters. At least I think it's rare, and I think it's really special when you they can just turn their feelings into these tangible ideas that the listener just gets. 
There's yeah, there's not a whole lot of thinking. You don't have to transpose the ideas so much as it just is. Yeah, it just comes out, and the way that it just comes out of her is well, you heard it. It's pretty pretty damn cool. So keep your eyes peeled for her. Um, now I know there's more than one project going on over there at uh, at, at Violet. <laughs> there's always something going on. <laughs> We've got uh, a multitude of awesome things going on right now. We've got uh, Taber, which is uh, traditional Congolese. African rhythms, um, and Taber is a really exciting artist. He's, you know, uh, born, born in, and raised in Africa, and had brought his own um, handmade instruments across the ocean to uh, to enlighten us a little bit and um, and share a little bit of the uh, the rhythm. Um, I'm really excited about that because it's um, an atypical project uh, for us. Uh, very exciting though, and lots of great artists involved with that that piece as well. Um, and we've really had a, a full run the gamut. We had this girl Phoenix in the other night who was recording her demo for opera, and she was really talented. Wow! Um, and just uh, you know, a student at CU. Um, which we always encourage. We love the students because uh, those are the the rising stars in the next generation of music. So so uh, we're always encouraging the students to come down and and do what they can. And plus, students don't tend to have the they're they're still immersing themselves in learning and and often don't um, realize how talented they are. And the passion seems to run high, run high amongst the uh, the younger folk. <laughs> amongst the younger folk, yes. Well, I think that, you know, especially people who are engaged in actively learning their art and their skill, um, especially when they're financially engaged, are motivated to, uh, to, to realize those dreams. Whereas uh, I think, you know, virtually everybody I know has musical dreams, but um, not everybody's working towards them. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self, engage in my own personal dreams. Engage. <laughs> so now, I know we've been avoiding the name a little bit, but I'm going to throw it out there because I know that this band has been doing quite a bit at Violet and has been really kind of killing it on the local scene. Uh, sold out Fox shows. Um, oh, the kids. Out. The kids. Yes, indeed. Tell us about I use that. That's a the kids. A euphemistic term <laughs> analogy. Um, more, um, I guess I, uh, the right term is academics. Um, the, uh, the Cronin family, um, <laughs> Caleb and Cato, uh, both very, very talented musicians and arrangers, composers, designers, and in all sorts of, um, not only musically, but visually and so forth. Snappy dressers too. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, they, they're, uh, they're really making a wave here. I'm really excited about them as well. Um, they are having an affiliation with Cronin is, um, is a very good thing for Violet in, in a lot of ways. They, um, produce some tremendous, tremendous music and do some, uh, some really innovative ideas compositionally. So that uh, very atypical compositions, I'm really excited about artists that are seeking to push the boundaries a little bit and um, do something a little bit new, a little bit more art, so to speak. <laughs> art. art. Yes, they put the We're H in art. art. <laughs> but they're, they're extremely motivated and um, have uh, they've really lent... Um, a bunch of good things energy-wise to the studio, and and I think they've gotten some decent, uh, some cool things coming out. I'm looking forward to doing a lot more work with them. We're pretty closely affiliated. That's cool. And I, I know that uh, they're way beyond your typical ragamuffin 20-something musicians. Like, they really are academics. They have academic achievements. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. They are, um, you know... Uh, Caleb especially is uh, his master's is in you know I, I shouldn't even say it because I'm not entirely positive of the exact 
uh, is the exact term for the, his masters, but he's working on his masters in sound field. And he's done a very interesting design for compression in hearing aids and hearing uh, assisting technologies, uh, whereby he has designed a compression that reshapes it from the typical compression that, that is achieved. And it's just uh, a lot more functional. And for a man of his age to have um, to have had that insight is uh, really pretty impressive. That's really cool. Now, for those of you that don't know, compression is something that you hear all the time. But it's also one of these... You're hearing it right now. You are now, hearing it right now. Now, 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 <laughs> now, But it's also one of these sort of phantoms in the audio world that is kind of hard to explain. Um how would you describe <laughs> to the layman? What is compression? Compression. Hmm. Well, you, technically, you can you can speak in it. Uh, it's very very much what it sounds like. It's very much the uh, the compressing of a signal so that the transients are not quite so far from the f- noise floor. Um, and it, it, the effect is to enable you to hear more of the signal and more of the more of uh, what's inside the signal, basically. However, it is uh, very often misused and misunderstood. Uh, too much compression is just absolutely ruins dynamics, and by dynamics, I mean the the real intensity the ebb and flow of the music and i think you hear this a lot in contemporary music it's one of the reasons that i'm so uh so excited about um what i'm doing is because i feel like it uh it's an art to understand the techniques it takes to retain the liveliness of the signal and retain the life in the recording and to uh, create something that um that has that presence that um, it's not just all squashed into this mid-rangey signal that um, is unpleasant to listen to. So to sort of reiterate it, it's basically something that takes, it keeps the louds from being too loud and it kind of lifts the softs up a little bit, sort of narrows their gap and makes it so you can hear it all. Squeezes it together, absolutely. But if you, or, or compresses it. <laughs> but uh, if you do it too much, it sounds like you're screaming inside a cardboard box. Absolutely. The, the, uh, the trick with compression is to understand audibly. There's a lot of people that try to, try to understand it digitally and uh, visually. However, it's really, there's more finesse to compression than, than just setting it at, you know, if your signal is at X dB, setting it um, off to that. It really takes a good listening ear to, to nudge, and I mean nudge. The, in, in recording, the, the smallest changes make the biggest difference, um, you know. It's that fine line between clever and stupid. <laughs> Very much so. You know, it's, uh, it's like salt. Too much ruins, but just enough will open, open the taste buds to get the full flavor. And it's, that's, a, that's a pretty good uh, analogy for me anyways. I like that one. And unlike salt, you can remove compression. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's let's get a taste of what uh, Cronin is all about. This is a song of theirs called "Unruly Days," uh, which uh, was this recorded at Violet? This is one of their, uh, you know, one of their new things. It's on their new EP. Um, yeah, I would I would be lying if I said I was absolutely sure. I would have to um, look. I'm pretty sure, but. Uh... Some aspect of it was whether or not oh, maybe yeah. they just rehearsed the song. Oh, well, if there. it just came out, it has to be, yes, absolutely. All right, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's get a taste of Cronin from Boulder, Colorado, and uh, this is uh, Deep Orbit's Tunio <laughs> Presents. <laughs> Thank you. 
Cronin from Boulder, Colorado. That's K-R-O-N-E-N. You guys should look him up on YouTube. That's a seriously interesting video. Um, and their sound is really different. Absolutely. That's like I said, I, compositionally, they're really challenging some boundaries, and I'm uh, really excited about that. Um, so much more interesting than doing the same old thing. <laughs> Quite. Um, well, yeah, they're up and comers. They, they, they've got a lot of, a lot of potential and, um, really excited to, to be affiliated with them. Like I said, yeah, find them on Facebook as well. Uh, you should also like Violet Recording on Facebook as well as just uh, check out the website, uh, bookmark it and check back in because <laughs> when new recordings come out, uh, they get posted on the audio page on the Violet Recording website. Uh, as well as uh, photos of the artists, and uh, you get to sort of find out a little bit more about what the day-to-day life is like there at at, uh, Violet Recording. So now we were talking about compression before. Along with those preamps, you actually have built compressors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just finished a build on a, a set of optical compressors, which uh, J, excuse me, JLM compressors, from Australia, that's right. Um, uh, it's a, I'm really excited about this particular build. Um, a lot of buzz has gone around about these circuits. They are emulations of the classic LA-2A, LA-3A circuits and um, with some modifications to increase um, clarity, decrease noise floor, and um, some sidechain abilities that were not included along with um, three separate compression settings, actually, um, so that it's really, it's a versatile, versatile compressor and can be used in um, many different applications up front to stereo busing. Um, Just uh, has a gorgeous tone and really, at Violet, we're really focusing on seeking the pieces of equipment that have the most, dare I say, romantic capabilities those that uh, that really enhance the signal harmonically in a way that is almost indescribable that it's we're, that's our search most of the time we're we're constantly looking for those pieces that are transformative in the audio field to accentuate the signal um, beyond its uh, its original greatness so basically, it's like each of these, you know, the preamp or the compressor or any of these other pieces of gear are like their own instrument. It's like if you, you could take a uh, top-level first violinist, you can have them a $10, hand them a $10 fiddle, and it'll sound, you know, they'll make it sound okay, but you hand them a Stradivarius, and they make it sound amazing. And each one of these things is sort of like the Stradivarius in your... Well, in I, your I don't chain. I, Personally, I probably wouldn't refer to them as an instrument, maybe, um, because... 
there it's really tonality and harmonic resonance resonance excuse me that um that's so uh, well maybe that maybe that is a fair analogy actually harmonic resonance uh, of a Stradivarius is certainly um has a lot to do with what makes it different from a cheapy violin so um but so yeah absolutely I'll, I'll retract that and say that um that absolutely it's it, tonality wise these are you know, every element that I try to use, um, whatever it may be, um, did long and hard searching for the uh, the ribbon mics to understand what was the. There's a ton of ribbon mics out there. This, the um, AEA RK88, is just renowned for its its quality and its um, its acoustic attributes. As is the Telefunken 251, as are the VP26s and the 28s, and as are the <laughs> JLM compressors. And, um, you know, we're just always looking for that way to make it even better. So to be a good audio engineer, do you have to have the special skill of being able to memorize lots of letters and numbers and know that they refer to a piece of equipment? <laughs> well, you know, it, it, to me, being a good audio engineer is um, less knowledge and more um, ability to. Uh, a lot of engineers are, are there's you have to know a lot, you have to understand a lot, you have to read a lot, um, just to get a basic conception of what it really takes and what's really going on to uh, construct music. And at that point, I think a lot of engineers stumble on themselves and. Um, don't keep their minds open to listening in the same capacity. Um, the most important skill for an engineer is always listening and all the numbers and all the letters and all the equations and what have you, they, they're helpful for sure. And I, I don't, um, don't knock their validity, but the most truly important skill is to listen just, for an engineer. Just use your ears. Exactly. You should, you know, a blind person probably will do it a whole lot better. I think they should teach it <laughs> at schools for the blind or something because um, I, I literally, I close my eyes at the at the boards and in front of the screens. I do um, consistently. It's that's the best. If any somebody asks me, "Way, hey, what's the best tip you can give to an engineer?" It's close your eyes. Stop looking at the numbers. Stop looking at the screen. Stop looking at the, the transients on the thing and listen. See what's happening in the sound field. That's great advice. Break it, break it down to the basics. What is it? You're creating a sound, so use your ears. Exactly. That's this. What you're doing is for your ears, and it has uh, oftentimes visual input impedes your ability to consistently uh, monitor. You know, extra stimulus will uh, detracts from your ability to to actually um, be focused on the sound. Very cool. So, um, what's coming up in the what's what's the short term future of Violet Hold? Anything uh, notable worth uh, worth mentioning to our listeners? Oh, let's see. What is a uh, oh? There's a great um, the uh, great local band from uh, was. Uh, one of the top bands on the college circuit for a long time, the Samples, um, still uh, are doing a reunion show for their very first album. Oh, so long ago, and they're, they're actually uh, um, some of them are our friends and and so forth. We are looking forward to to hosting them for their rehearsals, which I'm excited about, just because um, local boys got to got to support um there's a lot of local people to support but uh, they're from um from when i was young <laughs> yeah i'm i'm particularly looking forward to that as well um that's definitely a, a highlight coming up because yeah that's the sound of college for me <laughs> if you went to see you in the early 90s oh, you hey, if you went help. to college in the early 90s <laughs> yeah uh, and that's great. And they are getting together for uh, the 25th anniversary of their first album. Uh, and they're going to be playing a show on December 12th at the uh, Fillmore in Denver um, with all the original members of the first album. So that's going to be uh, a really fantastic event. And the rehearsals will take place at Violet. Not that 
you get to go. But <laughs> well, well, there's the possibility maybe we'll do a few little tiny Violet Session recordings. There just might be one or two. I'm not promising anything. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward very much to um, working with Monica Lee, who we heard there in the very beginning, um, just an extremely talented artist, vocally and on the guitar. Um, she's really got her thing together. Looking forward to uh, moving that all forward, and um, I'm real excited about that. Very cool. So, Scotty, tell me, um, you know, you create all this music and you do these recordings. Um, what music do you like to listen to? What's, uh, what's a person with audio engineer ears like to put on, <laughs> put into their headphones? Oh, uh, well, you know, for me, it, it very much varies. Um, it varies day to day and month to month and year to year for sure, um, depending on what other things I'm producing. Oftentimes I will immerse myself in music that is similar to the artists that I'm working on producing. Um, and then some. Then again, sometimes I will refuse to listen to anything that's similar at all. <laughs> it's uh, it really depends on my mood. I'm I'm <laughs> and my focus. I get I'm a little bit obsessive about my focus on projects, and I get my my blinders on for how this is going to be done. And not that I'm not open to suggestion and so forth, but uh, I like to remain intense on a project and stay focused on a vision. And sort of uh, create a vision in the beginning and and follow that through and try to be true to your initial um, vision of how that can be and not not muddle it up too much, muddy up the waters too much. Sort of, uh, you know, half a lot of life is preparation, certainly engineering uh, by a long yard is preparation, being ready way before the session to do the artists and, um, you know, just on so many levels. Um, <clears throat> very cool. So, uh, but now like when you just aren't working on a project or you're just a tome or whatever, um, hanging out there on the farm and I know you got one and we'll give a shout out to Claudette in a second. <laughs> um, but, uh, my Clodsdale. <laughs> uh, what, uh, who, who are your, some of your, some of your favorites? Like who do you like to listen to? Oh, that depends on, like I said, it's very much a day-to-day -day thing. I think lately um, I've been rekindled on some old 90s bands that uh, that have been off my radar for a long time um, due to this whole past year I have had a reinfatuation with the Queens of the Stone Age, um, mainly, mainly due to their compositional techniques. Um, Fantastic band, really uh, stretching some some boundaries, compositionally speaking, mm -hmm. and um, and absolutely just um, not doing the norm, trying to spread it out a little bit. But that was instigated by me seeing them live on their previous tour last year, which was absolutely a, a phenomenal experience. They really did a great job to present. And um, I had forgotten. It had been a very, very long time since I'd even listened to them previously. Um, more recently, the Arctic Monkeys uh, is something that I'm really a little bit turned on, uh, or more than a little bit turned on by as far as uh, highly contemporary. Um, and I'm always a classic rock guy as well. I'm... I'm have deep, deep roots and classic rock uh, from my younger days, but simultaneously uh, roots in in new wave and punk. And uh, growing up on the East Coast in the uh, the era that I did was uh, just wonderfully diverse. And hopefully, I I I'm not a genre specific person. Right on. So in the last couple of minutes here. Um, I know we alluded to it just a second ago, but outside of the studio, you have a farm. And on that farm is Claudette. And Claudette, I happen to have met and I think is super awesome. Tell us who Claudette is. <laughs> That's my girl. Uh, oh, Claudette's my horse. She's my, um, she's my Clydesdale, and uh, I love her dearly. I ride her every day. She's, uh, well, she's... <laughs> 
<laughs> she's extremely tolerant. Um, I, I had a long life, and she's um, she's just enjoying her out to pasture years, and and tolerates me hopping on her back bareback, and uh, I don't even put a, a bit a bit on her. I just leave the halter on and trot her around. But uh, she, like I said, she's a good sport about it. How old's Claudette? You know, nobody knows. She was an adopt, and um, horses, it's difficult to age them, but, but from their teeth and the mm-hmm. angle of their front teeth. And so any guesses? Oh, we're assuming 20 plus. Wow. So. Um, somewhere in between 20 and 30. It, she came to us looking like she was 30 plus, and uh, um, through a regimen of minerals and diet and exercise and so forth, she was has absolutely transformed. She looks 10 years younger than she did when uh, when she first came to the farm. Awesome. Well, Scotty, thank you very much for being on uh, the show today. Uh, so you all have been listening to Deep Orbit Studio Presents um, and uh, with Scott Higgins here from Violet Recording in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, check out violetrecording.com. Uh, like them on Facebook. Um, check out deborbitstudio.com as well as all the other DJR productions. And we're going to let you go with a little bit of the Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, yes, yeah, a song. Oh, here. thanks for having me. Oh, well, you're very welcome. And we appreciate it. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon when uh, we have some new artists that you can show off. Oh, absolutely. Won't be long. All right. <laughs> I look forward to it. And uh, there'll be show notes when I get the podcast up here in just a few days on uh, Deep Orbit Studio. Uh, Dot com and uh, but now here's Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs>